Chazak, chazak, v'nis chazek. We have finally completed Sefer Shemais. And the question is, why does Hashem even need us here? What is the point? What are we doing here? Hashem is so perfect. Why did Hashem want flawed people to be living this world, doing His mission, essentially doing Torah mitzvahs and learning? And why us? Why not angels? What are we even doing here? This week's two parashiyas give us the answer in a way that is clearer than ever before. Because if you think about it, if Hashem wanted angels to be doing the Torah, why would, this, why would these parashiyas even be written in the Torah? They're completely redundant. Parashas Turama and Tetzave is Hashem commanding my Rabbeinu all the intricacies of creating this Mishka. And then we have two parashiyas that are literally complete repetitions of the Jewish people just doing exactly what my Rabbeinu told them to do from Hashem. So if all the details were already given to us in Turama and Tetzave, why don't we just have a one-liner? And the Jewish people did everything Moshe told them to do. And yalla, we would be two parashiyas it, the Torah is so careful. Not not a single letter, not a single word. But yet these two parashas, Turamant and Bayaka and Pekode, are just a repetition of, of Turamant itself. It's like me telling you, like, and I planned my vacation. And my first stop was to be in Barcelona. And then in Barcelona, I want to stay at this hotel. And then like two days later, I'm like, so I was, two months later, I was like, so I was in Barcelona and I stayed at that hotel. Great, we get it. Like, the plan, you planned it, and then you did it. Like, why does it have to be repeated? So the Lubavitcher tells us the most beautiful idea, which is in Esechan Chelek Aleph, um, Tafshin Yurches, the Rabbi said it, in 1958. The Rabbi explains that the Mishkan of Torah and Tetzave is completely different from the Mishkan of Ayaka Pekode. And in Tama Yerushalmi, it calls it Mishkan Hasheni, the second Mishkan. The first Mishkan that we talk about in Tremont is a completely theoretical Mishkan. Its, its creation and its actual existence is literally just the words of Hashem. It's, it's not a physical structure. It's Hashem telling Masha and commanding Masha what it is. It's perfect in its form. It's Hashem's words creating the structure that is literally a 50 Amma by 100 Amma structure. It's like... 75 feet by 50 feet, a very small structure. And it's just Hashem telling Moshe what you have to do. The second Mishkan is the Mishkan that the Jewish people made out of brick and mortar. It's, it's, it's a Mishkan of, that's on desert, in a desert. It's a Mishkan of gold, silver, copper, wood. It's a physical being. It's something that you can feel and touch. Like, if you think about it, the first Mishkan, which is the Mishkan of Hashem words, seems like something that is far more valuable. Now, the question is even stronger. When we look about how much disproportionately, how much space and energy the Torah gives to the Mishkan. Like, if you think about it, what was so incredible about this Mishkan? It was a temporary structure that really only lasted until the Jewish people came into Eretz Yisrael and then moved around in different places. But it was a temporary structure filling a temporary need. They were in the desert, like... It's a tiny structure. It's 50 armas by 100 armas. It's, it's, what's so monumental? Like, if you think about the fact that Hashem created the world, you know, psukim, take to Hashem, create the world. 31 psukim. 31 psukim, Hashem create, talks about this world. The fish, the creatures, the, the sunrise, the sunsets, anatomy, 
um, human skin, um, bugs, the galaxies, forget Earth. Earth is nothing. Think about the different planets. Like 31 Psokim talking about Hashem creating this entire universe. Now think about the Mishkan. Precious Trema is 96. It's 96 Precious Tetzaveh is 101 Psokim. Precious Vayakel is 122 Psokim. Precious Pekudeh, 92 Psokim. That's like 400 Psokim. Plus Tzav, plus Shmini, plus Bamidbar, plus Kisisa. Altogether in the Torah, there's about 700 Psokim talking about the Mishkan. This temporary structure that was built by mere humans. But the world... Think about the complexities of this planet and how much the world has to offer and how beautiful and incredible and powerful this world is. 31 Psukim. If you think about it, the message is, I think it's my favorite idea in all of Torah. Shem commands us, Asuli Mikdash I want you to create a Mishkan and dwell within it. To understand how Hashem that is infinite, almighty, that can do everything. Hashem, that has no bounds, can create a world. 31 Psukim to understand, like Hashem can do anything. Hashem is omnipresent. Hashem is inside, infinite. Hashem can create a world. Well, of course Hashem can create a world. Hashem can do anything, like click on his finger. But to understand how mere, mortal, flawed human beings that are not perfect, that have good days, bad days, that live with brokenness and have hard times and are not consistent and don't always live by what they preach. And even sometimes their values are skewed and sometimes we're not just, just can't be bothered. The fact that Hashem, that mere mortals can bring infinity, can allow infinity Hashem, to dwell in this physical world. Infinite. Infinite. Even the word infinite is limiting. Hashem, which is everything. Omnipresent. To invite Hashem to live in this physical world that is wood and mortar and gold and silver and copper. To understand how Hashem can live in this world. That takes 700 psukim to understand. And this message is the profundity of why Vayakel, precisely why we even have these parashas of Vayakel Bekote. Because Turum and Tetzave might be this perfect Mishka. It's a Mishka that Hashem created, but it's nowhere near the Mishka that the Jewish people, with their own flaws, can create in this world. And I think it's true in life. In life, we have these big ideas. We have, we have our plans. We have the way we want life to turn out to be. And the truth is, our theories and the way we want life to turn out to be is never, ever, ever how it practically turns out to be. And sometimes we think the potential state of the way things are in our minds, in our imaginations, is far superior. It's perfect. It's a figment of our imagination. There's nothing that could go wrong. But Hashem is telling us something really powerful. That Hashem is not dwelling in the theoretical structure in the sky. 
Hashem is dwelling within each and every one of us. And you know who are the ones that are actually making the difference? We are the ones that are making the difference. And we don't have to be perfect. I remember when I started working as a shlucham Beth Rifka, and I remember the first day, I was 19 years old, I was sitting with my friend Hanala, we were sitting in um, the principal's room and we were having all these meetings with the dean and the principal about what the future of like that year was going to look like. We were 19, we were running this department in like Beth Rifka, and I remember they were going on, rattling on about all our responsibilities. And I remember turning to my friend and I was like, we need to get out. Like, we can't do this. We're like, you think we can change this entire school? Like, we're 19. What do we know about anything? And I remember Rabbi Safran told us an amazing story. He said, once, I don't know if it was his father, I think it was his father, he wrote into the Rebbe and said, like, I can't do this. I can't be the Rosh Yeshiva anymore of my Yeshiva. Like, I'm so flawed. I'm not perfect. I can't do this. Who am I? And the rabbi said, why should everyone miss out because of your low self-esteem? And I think I live with this story subconsciously in a very deep way. The rabbi chose people that were flawed to change the world. No one's perfect. Hashem wants to dwell within our flaws. There's an amazing Rashi in Parshish Bakode where the Torah says, um, But Salel ben Ori, who was the architect of the Mishkan, says, The Pasuk says, Perak Lamedches, that But did everything that Hashem commanded Misha. And Rashi asks an obvious question Hashem commanded Misha? But wasn't there. If anything, But did everything Misha commanded the Jewish, commanded him to do. The message was passed from Hashem to Masha to Masha to Betzalel. How did Betzalel know what Hashem commands in Masha? So Rashi says something amazing. That what happens, even things that his teacher had not said to do, he figured out on his own what Masha intended. Betzalel said, surely the usual way to make the house first and afterwards to put the utensils inside? Masha said, I, this is the way Hashem said it. So what did Misha say? Betzel kel. The word betzel from the word sell. You are a shadow of Hashem. When Misha told Betzel to create the Mishkan, he told him, first create the utensils. After you create the utensils, create the structure of the Mishkan. Betzel said, no. I'm betzel kel. I'm a shadow. What's a shadow? A shadow is not the reality in itself. It's the expression of when the light is blocked by the sun. So too, what is B'Tzalel telling us? Maisha, in the real world, in the world that we live in, the utilities, the depth has to live in structure. In our world, the structure, the limitations actually allow us to express our insides, express our depth. Maisha said, no, we first need to think about the depth and the wisdom and the internalization of things. When you look at the Caleb, they're the deepest parts of the Mishkan. And Mattel said, no, when we create this Mishkan, we are going to start with the externals. We're going to start with the house. We're going to start with the structure. And after we create the structure of the Mishkan, we will put the utensils within. And this is what Mattel did. But Salah made the dwelling first and afterwards, in Brachas it says, he made the vessels. 
This is the power that we have as human beings. Within our limited structure, within our physical bodies, within our, you think how limited we are, we're living in this body. But our, and our body in a way sometimes confines us. Our soul is dragged into our body. And sometimes we think, oh, our soul sometimes is like, Nasham, no, I don't want to go, Hashem. Hasidus tells us the exact opposite. That when our neshama comes into our guf, it's the guf that allows the neshama to express itself. It's the mere physical body that allows the soul to express itself. Without the, soul, without the body, how can the soul do a mitzvah? How can the soul wake up out of bed and do mitzvah and help people and change the world? The soul needs the body. The body is powerful. In our flaws, in our flaws, in our brokenness, there, we can actually change the world. Full shot this.